Call me Ishmael. Yeah, I know, but in this case it's really my name. Ishmael Horatio Wong. My parents had an unfortunate sense of humor. If they had known what I'd wind up doing with my life, they might have picked a different one. Richard Henry Dana, perhaps. Exactly why they picked Ishmael Horatio was a long and not terribly interesting story that starts with the fact that Mom was an ancient lit professor and ends with my being saddled with these non-sequitur monikers. That particular story was over eighteen staniers before the two nearest company security guards showed up at my door with long faces and low voices. Perhaps it was their expressions, or that they were looking for me and not Mom. But either way, I knew their visit wasn't good. I didn't think they had come to drag me off to juvie or anything. I'd never been a troublemaker like some of the others in the University Enclave. They had come for me, though, to tell me she was dead. Flitter crash, the tall one said. They're not very common, but you do hear about them from time to time. You always expect it to happen to somebody else. It wasn't even her flitter. It belonged to Randy Lawrence, her boyfriend. He's dead too, the short one explained. They spoke gently, their words washing past me. Nothing seemed to stick. The security people weren't going to put me in foster care or anything. Eighteen staniers made me old enough to live by myself on Neris. Eventually they stopped talking and I never even noticed when they laughed. We'd been on our own if you didn't count the Randys, the Davids, and the occasional Dorises for most of my life. Dad was somewhere in the Diurnia quadrant. He'd never been a big influence and I didn't even know what system he was in. With Mom gone, I was alone, really alone, for the first time in my life. It wasn't the standard, I've got the apartment to myself for a couple of stands kind of thing, but a deep and utter sense of loss. For a time, I just walked from room to room in a kind of daze. I woke the next day, sprawled across the couch, but didn't remember even lying down. As bad as the night had been, morning brought something worse. Lawyers. First, the plantation attorney showed up and notified me that the nearest company intended to sue for damages to the Granapple vineyards where the flitter crashed. "'We're sorry, Mr. Wong,' she said, although there was no hint of regret in her voice. "'Mr. Lawrence had inadequate insurance to cover this kind of damage. In order to protect our client's investment, we have filed liens to appropriate compensation.' I glared at her. "'So what does this have to do with me?' She examined her paperwork as she spoke. We are in the unenviable position of placing liens against both estates since there is no way to determine who was piloting the craft. The flitter came apart in midair, you see. The falling debris and, uh, remains damaged an estimated square kilometer of vines. That was really more detail than I wanted. As she was leaving, another company lawyer arrived with an eviction notice. Mom was, had been, a Naris company employee and a member of the faculty at the university for years. Since I was no longer dependent, I had just ninety local days to find employment or leave the planet. Survivor benefits would have applied if she'd been killed on the job. Dying on her day off didn't count. In the middle of the afternoon, an email from Human Resources informed me there were no openings available for unskilled labor. As Neris was a company planet, the Neris company was the only game in town, so I figured I'd be leaving. The last piece of that day's bad news came from the family solicitor assigned by the company. He showed up wearing a rumpled suit and a tie that looked as tired as he did. Mr. Wong, he began after we'd settled at the kitchen table. I'm so sorry for your loss. Of all my visitors that day, he actually seemed to have meant it. I don't want to take up more of your time than necessary, but you need to know where you stand with regard to your late mother's estate. 
I nodded for him to go on. There isn't one. When he saw the look on my face, he shrugged. I should say there's not much of one. As a faculty member, your mother didn't earn a great deal. It was enough for the two of you to live in relative comfort, but there wasn't much left over. He almost sounded apologetic. I almost felt sorry for him. He took out the paperwork, then her life insurance, will, and the settlement forms from the vineyard liens. We spent the next half-stand going through them in a blur of sign here and here and here. Finally, I had to sign the insurance forms to receive a check, which was the payout amount adjusted for the plantation claim and cremation costs. The Naris Co. people were efficient. I had to give them that. Barely a day had passed, and my mother's remaining net worth was in my hands. It would be enough to cover my rent for the ninety days, and I'd have a bit left over. I could accept it or fight and become tied up in probate with Naris Company arbitrators and Naris Company lawyers for the next Naris Company stanier. Company planets suck. I signed. What else could I do? Three days later, a courier delivered the urn containing my mother's ashes. I placed it on the coffee table. She liked coffee, and we'd spent a lot of time sitting there with our feet up, talking, mugs of fragrant brew in hand. That was it. Nobody else showed up, not my mates from the Enclave, not company people, not mom's colleagues from the university. Nobody. To be fair, I didn't have a lot of friends to begin with. I'd read about best friends and novels and such, but I'd never actually had one. Angela Markova had been the closest thing when I was a kid, but she left Neris at the end of fifth form when her father took a job with another company. I'd never really found anyone to take her place. Something about being booted off planet made you an instant pariah. No need to add water. I'd seen it before when people ran afoul of the company. Within ninety planetary days, I'd have to be gone. Nobody would bother to reach out to me in the short time I had left. For more than a week, I went through the motions of what would be considered a normal life. Eventually, the voice in my head stopped saying, I can't believe she's dead, and shifted to, Now what am I going to do? In a month, I was supposed to start at the university. Growing up with a professor, I really didn't have a choice. We'd had several long and occasionally heated discussions on the subject. I hadn't wanted to make a decision about what to do with the rest of my life with so much of it left ahead of me. Over time, I'd come to believe there might be some value in getting a degree in plant biology. If nothing else, signing up for college had gotten my mother to stop bugging me about it. As a company plan at the University of Neris restricted enrollment to employees and their families. But even so, it had a surprisingly good curriculum in one of the best biology departments in the quadrant. Its reputation was bolstered by being on a planet full of granapple vineyards. The university's standing, combined with a corporate incentive provided to dependents of university staff, made U of N a good option. I just didn't know what to do with myself when that option expired.